I don't have that much experience making delicate garnishes. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really interested in going and seeing how I can figure out how to use these big stone hands of mine to make these delicate tiki garnishes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. David Dacker, your host. Today's episode is with uh, Thomas Reina, and I'm going to do a quick introduction because uh, this uh, um, uh, interview ran uh, a little long than longer than usual. This episode is going to be a little bit longer, but I think it's also for the benefit of the younger bartenders that want to um, submit to uh, cocktail uh, retreats uh, like Camp uh, Runamuck uh, being one of them, probably the most popular one, or Cane Camp in Puerto Rico. And um, there's a lot of benefit in listening to what uh, Thomas's uh, Tomas uh, uh, experiences are. One of the things that I, I can say about him that I want to point out about Thomas Tomas is that he has earned his reputation. He is someone that will do uh, the best job that he can, uh, regardless of what other people are doing around them. And so I want to stress that to young bartenders. Um, go ahead and listen to what he has to say. Uh, he definitely has a lot of experience in the industry, and he has uh, some uh, very unique experiences. So I'm here with uh, Thomas Reina, um, a bartender, uh, secretary for the United States Bartenders Guild, um, do-it-all type of guy, done a lot of the uh, uh, camp run amok and a lot of the seminars outside the, the, the city. And I think that that has uh, given him a unique uh, set of experiences uh, for the industry and, and, and knowledge to go along with that. So, uh, Thomas, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, as he said, I am Tomas Reina. Uh, spelled Thomas, but uh, I go by Tomas because my father's name was Tomas, T-O-M-A-S. Uh, my mom thought she'd put an H in so it would be silent, but... Uh, either way, Thomas, Tomas, uh, but uh, thank you for having me, David. So I want to know about the how you get in the industry um, and how you end up having these experiences. Uh, you know, applying for these uh, um, for these programs and being able to get in because you consistently went to to a lot of them there for about a year or two, um, and I think that that was uh, because it's a lot of those things are immersive. I think some of them are just a big old drinking fest, but I think that some of them are a true immersive experience in uh, whether it is uh, distillation or, you know, product or technique or whatever it is. And you can correct me if I'm wrong about the drink fest on some of them or not, because I've never been to one ever, you know, I applied to a couple of them and uh, didn't get accepted and just kind of, uh, I just moved on. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, for, 2015, 16, and uh, 2017, I, I did travel across the U.S. to several different cocktail conferences. Um, the way I got started, I've been in the industry, this is my 21st year, so 21 years behind bars, uh, as I, I like to say. I started when I was 18 um, as a server at um, Hessey's Epicurean Cafe off of Shepherd and Lexington, right, uh, right near Shepherd and Richmond. And um, one day serving the brunch bartender didn't show up and the executive chef, Hesley Mala, was like, 
get your butt behind the bar and serve drinks. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I never remember my first drink was a Crown and Coke. And I'm looking in the cocktail book like, I don't know where a Crown and Coke is at. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I could say I've come a long way in the 21 years. But, um, you know, kept a corporate job and just bartended and and served in banquet parties and holiday parties um, part time up until about 2012. Um, when I started working for Sundance Cinemas. Um, and then that's where I got my first like full-time bar gig. Um, and then from there, worked with Sundance Cinemas, uh, moved up to Food and Beverage Manager for uh, a little over a year. Um, and then in 2014, I decided to move to Dallas. Um, put in my notice with Sundance Cinemas, my lease was up, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, it's time for a change. Uh, so I moved to Dallas and uh, started working with Wolfgang Putt Catering in Dallas. Uh, became the beverage manager for the National Sculpture Museum. And while I was there, I wanted to get involved in the, the Dallas bartending scene because I knew there was a craft scene. Um, and then when I like started working for Wolfgang Putt Catering, I had my own bar kit and like brought my own bitters and tools. And um, all the other bartenders were like, no, 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 you're doing too much. Like, <laughs> You're making us look bad, dude. You know, because it's pretty much a wedding bar setup. So you have your basic mixers, your simple, you know, not even lime juice or anything. Uh, so I'd bring my own just because I team too much. I like to do the most. And uh, so, you know, I've prog- like progressed in a matter of three months. Um, so I just wanted to kind of meet other bartenders that were like me that kind of just wanted to strive for a little bit more and just had more of a consideration in your sense of service instead of just going out and doing your job getting your tips and going home it's kind of like what i the balance of like craft bartenders who have take a pride in what they do and other bartenders who see it as a job and just want to go in put in the work get their money and go out um and again both are respectable and commendable but you know i wanted to look for some more like-minded people like me that just had an aspiration to kind of deliver more with your service and and education um so i googled bartender volunteer you know and came across something um, that was happening like the, the following month, which was in January of 2015, I believe. Yes, 2015, January 2015. And it was a, a speed rack competition, looking for bartender volunteers to come in and volunteer. So I signed up for that. You know, went through the whole nerves and are they going to like me? I'm from Houston. This is going to be, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, you're from Houston. Nobody's going to like me and it's just going to be a waste of time. Um, but I showed up. Um, you know, 30 minutes early, met with Cooper Chantham, uh, who at the time I didn't know was from a double barrel marketing company out of New York City. Um, you know, gave me a gig, put me with the batching team. First time I've ever seen, uh, well, I did a little bit of batching with Wolfgang Puck, but again, it was not on the scale of, of, uh, speed rack. So again, then I saw like, uh, Suze and all these different Amaros that I was not familiar with. So it was just all these different toys. And, and I'm watching these bartenders. Uh, and then Steven Mendes from San Antonio happened to be one of the, the batching captains for that team. Um, you know, went through the batching, set it up, and then, you know, we're just hanging out. And then they needed me behind a table. So then I'm working with uh, um, Jen. I can't think of the name of the gym at the moment. But uh, Aviation? It, no, it was in aviation. It was um, uh, not brokers. Um, I don't know. I can't think of it. But anyway, so, so ran through that, served. Had, it was a punch with Mum Napa Rosé on top. And uh, I'm not plugging anything. I'm just, like, going through the visual in my head. Um, <laughs> event was great. Speed ride competition. I met uh, um, 
She works at Anvil from San Antonio. I can't. Uh, not Nino. Uh, Zuko. I met Zuko. So that was Zuko. The, Zuko. So yeah. So she made top eight. I saw her and I was like, oh my god, there's something about you. I think you're gonna win. She ended up taking uh, the regional speed rack that year in 2015. Um, you know, celebration. I got a high west little. Uh, flask and the first thing that I ever got for volunteering it was like a gift and I was like oh my god still have it by the way and then uh, at the very end it was the after party so everybody's clearing out all the volunteers are leaving and I'm looking around and and I see two women and Cooper just kind of picking up and I'm going to help them and they're like no 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 go to the after party and I'm like no 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 like I'm here to volunteer I'm gonna help they're like no go to the after party and I'm like yeah, no, I'm done. You know, they're cleaning off their three at one table. And I'm like, look, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get that dolly. I'm going to put a trash can on it. I'm going to go around. We'll start on one end. We'll do all the trash. We'll dump the trash. I'm going to put the a big dump tub on the dump. We're going to go around. We're going to do all the liquids. And it's like, hold on, who are you? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm working with Wolfgang Puck. Let me tell you, it's a watermelon thing. Like, you know, this is this is how we do. We got to break down a big event. So they're laughing. We're talking. They're getting my background. I'm, you know, just being me. And then it turned out it was Lynette Morrow and Ivy Mix and Cooper Chantham that I'm sitting there <laughs> bossing around at their event, how to clean up their event, uh, which was hilarious. And then they invited me to their Airbnb um, to drop off their things before going to um, the after party. Yeah. You know, so it was a good thing. And then through them, you know, they were like, you know, what have you done? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to meet people. Um, and then they told me about Camp Runamuck. And I was like, Camp Runamuck? They're like, yeah, it's a whiskey camp. It's, you know, immersive education. It's out there in Kentucky. You know, and the first thing is like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, this is something. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, just, you know, fill out the application. Cooper's like, I have your email from, from volunteering. I'll, I'll shoot it over to you. Um, just fill it out. Submit it because the deadline's coming up soon. Cool. So hang out with them. We, you know, have a couple cocktails and then call it a night, go home. And also, before I left, they gave me a, you know, a box of some goodies, uh, which some bottles that I still have um, from the event. And then, you know, went home, thought about it for a day, and then applied for Camp Renamuck application. Uh, and it was one of the first, like, grown up things I did in the industry. I kind of feel like, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah, go in and do my job, but this is like something outside of what someone is telling me to do. This is something that I myself want to partake in. And it's like the first growth step, I guess you would say in yeah, my career sure. that I took on my own. Um, and just filling it out was like the most nerve wracking thing. And I have no idea what I put on it just to tell you the truth, but I'm sure it was something clever and funny and witty like me. I'm, I have a little sass in me, but uh, <laughs> really? yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so I filled it out, you know, was myself. I, I didn't, I, Anything like that, I never put too much thought into it. I always, like, complete it and then read it. And if it sounds good, then I just send it. I don't try to overthink it or, or you know, run through different versions of it. Or, or, you know, I just put my heart into it, you know, save it and then, like, go back and read it. And then if it sounds good and if it hits the notes that I think, you know, that um, that I want to sing at the time, then, <laughs> you know, then, yeah, I'll just hit send and, you know, take me and want me and love me or don't. And I'll just keep moving. And, um, you know, heard a response back a couple months later and I was accepted and went to Camp Runamuck in August of 2015. Um, that was a 40 Creek sponsored cabin with, uh, Kevin Mabry as our head sponsor, uh, uh, counselor, our cabin counselor. And, um, we were the full Mounties, um, and ending up winning camp that year. 
So, yeah, so, you know, and then in my cabin was... So yeah. what, what is it that, that allows you to win a camp? What are the things that you do? So the criteria with camp, so basically, you know, it's it's 150 bartenders, 10 guy cabins, 10 girl cabins, all sponsored by different, uh, different brands. Um, the whole thing is to be there to visit um, the distilleries in Kentucky near Lebanon Junction where the Camp Crescendo is held. Um, where it's named Camp Renamuk just for that week as as uh, as bartenders take it over um but it's basically just to be a good person and rule number one of camp is don't be a dick so basically we're all there we're all competitive nature we're all most of us atypical um a type style people who you know run a bar by ourselves or, or have to be able to run a bar by ourselves so we have to be it all um so having that many personalities in one you know can spark a little you know conflict and just abrasiveness of, of, of personalities, you know, clashing with each other. Um, but I think ultimately the reason why we won camp is we went so hard for our theme as full Mounties. And, you know, um, we're, you know, I don't want to say notorious, but, you know, it's, anytime somebody says sorry, um, you know, in like a camp or a bar institute or or cocktail conference setting it's a reference back to the full mounties of 2015 and us you know just completely just taking on the role of the full mounties and committing <laughs> to that and then again just don't be in debt hanging out with people supporting people um so you're just walking around in a, in walking a around and i mean that that was the blanca that was a blanca shasta cabin uh <laughs> No, we had Mountie caps on, and we were uh, had you know red and beige. Pretty much was was our uh, was our attire. So we anything red, anything khaki shorts. We did a full um, Canadian tuxedo. So you know, um, Bobby Bobby Downs from L.A. Uh, just pretty much every day killed it with his Canadian tuxedo and his like jean jacket, jean shirt, blue jeans, and you know boots and and mountie hat and um yeah no it was it, just all of us together kevin mabry um uh, andrew olsen cody frederickson will croxville bobby downs um oh my god and i'll forget everybody's name <laughs> <laughs> arizona god damn, i can't think of his name um and then uh nick bennett from new york um we, we just we just kind of clicked and just kind of like bought into it and just you know what like we're gonna sell this um you know there wasn't again so, so you go through through uh events where it's like yeah. competitive so exactly so each of us campus we're, we're pretty much for the week we're brand reps for 40 creek so gotcha. we're there selling the brand and you know of, of course um the brand and the brand ambassadors come in and give us our the education about it give us a tasting um each one of us hosts pretty much an event so we since 40 creek is under the campari umbrella um our kind of event that we kicked off and that we worked for that week um, was an Italian dinner. So like a mar, you know, the um, Campari and um, Aperol and um, Chenard. So again, it was an Italian dinner. We, we worked it, we served it. Um, so it's pretty much how it's all executed. Okay. And, you know, were we sober enough to go in and do that? You know, were we having a good time? Were we engaged with the other, with, you know, the other, um, uh, campers you know and you know or were we just off doing shitty things by ourselves and not invested in, and that's not the problem you know what i mean exactly the camaraderie you know again we're there doing a job we, we were selected out of over three thousand bartenders to come in 
and take this experience and we're either going to buy into it and you know and enjoy it and do the job that we're there to do which is to learn to work together and to represent this brand so that way they can get the money that they put into this program get it back out um which ultimately i think is a great way to kind of like train us bartenders how to like represent a brand because it's you know i've never represented a brand i didn't know that wouldn't even think about that job being there but going to the camp for that one time um, and repping 40 Creek so hard for that week with, I mean, for life, I have a, a you know, Mountie, Mountie hat tattooed on my, on my right forearm. So, you know, for life, I'm, I'm a, I'm an honorary, honorary Canadian. Um, you know, it, it was definitely a smart program, um, that got bartenders to kind of think more as far as just like what's beyond your bar, like from here to like the door, what's outside that door and what what's available for us to do. Um, so yeah, so that was a great program. I, Andrew Olson through that out of Kansas City, Missouri, told us told me about a uh, Pop Fest, which is a Parish of the Plains. It's their cocktail festival uh, run by Doug Frost. Um, so again, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll apply for that. Um, got into that, and then it just kind of it's a snowball effect of get of uh, one part is knowing of the event and knowing the people who help run it, but the other part is actually making a true application so it's not a job interview so you don't want to go in filling out the applications like you're filling out a job application or a job some you know um gotcha. you know you, you go in as, as like you would have a conversation with someone on the other side of your bar think of it as a guest asking you these questions because if it's someone who can make a decision for you then you're going to put so much thought into it essentially most people kind of write their way out of these openings and these positions and, and these cocktail programs, because, you know, I, this is not a work thing for most of us. So we would, they want us to have a good time and really engage and take in and immerse ourselves in, in everything that's going on. And if you're going to treat it like a job, it's not going to f- seem as natural. And then they can just hire somebody to, right. to, to, you know what I mean? To come and enjoy these experiences as opposed to offering us, uh, as a benefit, um, and also as a tool for us to kind of grow and educate and, and learn. So that's, I, I guess that would be my recommendation when feeling like this application is like, I like a guest is asking these questions. And because if a guest is asking me, I'm going to give them exactly what I feel because right. that's my job. Um, my opinion on the spirit or a cocktail, um, they like what they like, but you know what, this is my opinion, but you know, right. And I'm going to make a better decision. So that would be a recommendation I would make is do it as. So then how was uh, Popfest? Oh, Paris of the Plains. So that it's, it's, so it's a smaller festival, but it's Doug Frost has a passion for wine, of course, and all things sherry. And um, so this was the first time I was actually educated in the sherry as well. And I didn't realize I really like, you know, Olorosos. Um, and, um, it, it's smaller. It's like 23 people. And this um, program runs for three days. I think it's like uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But of course, anybody who, who is a pop or a portable poters uh, of um, gets there, I think the Sunday before so that we can start prepping. So and that we do all the juicing, the batching for the seminars. No, um, oh, I'm good. Um, for, uh, for the seminars <clears throat> and then we actually, so during the seminar classes, if there's a tasting or if there's a cocktail, 
um, instead of passing it off to someone in a seminar, we're actually um, committing ourselves to um, serving at the seminar. So each different team takes on a portion of the seminar and it's, we execute it. Uh, so we set up the room, we break it down, uh, we batch the cocktails for it, we serve the cocktails, um, you know, we check on the, the guest who's presenting the presenter make sure that they have everything. So it's more of a hands-on instead of just like, for example, Team Taco there, it's which is another uh, cocktail conference here in Texas, in San Antonio. Um, and um, so Team Taco is pretty much the batching team for um, for uh, Bohannon Steakhouse's um, kind of fundraiser for their Houston Streets charity that happens in San Antonio. So to raise money for Houston Streets charity, they decided to put on uh, like a food and cocktail festival. Um, and one of the things that they wanted to set them apart was by using actual bartenders to execute the cocktails to make sure that they're really good cocktails as opposed to other places, you know, or other local food and wine festivals that it's just something thrown together and it's just a, a day of kind of thought. Uh, this, a lot of thought is put into it. The cocktails are um, pretty extensive as far as like juicing, a lot of fresh fresh fruit juices, vegetable juices. Um, so that Team Taco essentially is just the batching part. So we batch it, we prep it, we do the garnish, and then we take it to the event or the day of the event or the seminar or the party or wherever it may be, and then we hand it off to somebody. And so we don't get to see the final execution of the product that we've created. Um, so Parish of the Plains, uh, Pop Fest, um, is one where you see it from start to finish. Um, so those are the two difference. And San Antonio Cocktail Conference is, is a, on a larger scale. Um, there's maybe 50, 40, 40 to 50 people on Team Taco. And then there's about 20 to 25 at, at Kansas City, Missouri. But both are um, great ways to kind of learn how to coexist with other bartenders and like the batching scene. So one of the things that I learned um, going to these is, Again, we're all bosses. You know, come from Wolfgang Puck Catering, Food and Beverage Manager, Sun and Cinemas. Again, big, you know, little fish, small pond. And then you get into these other markets with other bartenders and you think, oh, I know what I'm doing. The issue that a lot of bartenders have is knowing that you're in someone else's house. And even though you may have a better way of doing things, it's not, you know, it's at, it might not be your I time or place. Yes, to make, to make changes or to run their show because this is their show. I'm their guest. So if you want me to wash this plate three times before I hand dry it, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to wash this plate three times before I hand dry it. Um, when I could, depending on how I do it at home, it, that's irrelevant. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things w with that for me is, um, and I, I, that you've said recently. One, uh, I think I did, uh, when it comes to application, you treat it like a, a job interview. And so I probably did mm -hmm. write myself out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, two, I think that uh, for me in in going to these large events, initially was uh, because of competitions mm -hmm. that I was in, and so I didn't get uh, that background, that uh, involvement yeah. in the in the background, and so it took me a while to like realize how much work goes into it and actually experience it. And then what you're saying about that, uh, whenever you're in someone else's house, is very true because. There are times whenever you think you have the better system and it doesn't make any sense to wash it three times and then dry it. Mm -hmm.
But when you go through the motions multiple times and you see what they're, why they need it that way, you're like, oh, like it becomes an entirely new way of looking at it. It's just, I'm not going to say a paradigm shift per se, but it is something that suddenly like, okay, I can see it where it's for a very specific purpose, but I know that is now for that purpose, this is better. Mine works for this too. But this one is actually better or just, you know, it, it, it serves the purpose that uh, that they want. And I think that going through the motions sometimes of things that you're like, man, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Why, you know, waste my time? You're wasting product or you're not uh, getting a, as much out of the product. But when you go through the motions, I don't want to say all the time, maybe half the time, maybe that much, maybe a quarter of the time. But the fact is, is that you just that quarter of a time. You learn something you would not have because obviously your mind was closed to it yeah. by not wanting to go through the motions. And had you not, the then you, yeah, the resistance, yeah. then it would have kept you from yeah. from learning from it. Exactly. But um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a, a very good approach whenever you realize you're in somebody else's house right. and you have to have uh, that sort of a respect. And and whenever you're talking about a types, yeah. yeah, everybody is like, yeah, I run a I'm a bar manager. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so he's a you know, 20 other, 30 other people in this room. Um, and so then that you have to start to find that common ground. Yeah. And you have to like step back in yourself and be able to like, just be elbow to elbow with your peers and like, you know what, we're going to cut three, um, cases of oranges today. And, be content with that and you know what there could be worse things that I could be doing right now <laughs> than getting three cases of oranges let me tell you um but yeah no it's 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 working these programs and and being grateful to be accepted to uh these programs and another one is thirst boston and and uh boston that um i was accepted to with 10 other scholars uh, and it was called thirst um uh, boston uh, thirst boston which is boston's cocktail conference and it's put on um, by offsite um, out of Boston. And, um, it's, it's also one of those smaller programs that 10 of us were, um, you applied and, uh, we were thirst first for 2017 and, um, we're brought out to, uh, to Boston and it was a full immersive thing. So it's basically, we're not there to volunteer. There was 10 of us and 10 of us were in charge of 10 aspects of that conference. So, uh, my role was, um, the volunteers and registration. So I was pretty much anybody that came to that front door. I uh, took ownership of them and whether it was product, whether it was a guest, whether it was a presenter or speaker, I was had to come up with my own way to figure out how to like coordinate that and work through that and deal with, um, you know, with my, so an, another, um, another person on our team was in charge of like the liquor room and all the liquor that would come in. So we kind of created our own process and, and Nick Korn with Offsite uh, is an incredible, incredible human being, and I've learned so much from him. But um, just to be able to put his faith in us and let us take charge and be like, this is yours. Do what you do at home, you know, like, you know, because, again, when you go somewhere, you, you know, you're expected to get like a directive or like a summary or like, what, what do you expect of me? And this is like, yeah, so the worksheet. exactly a worksheet, you know, a one sheet, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? What time is this? And no, it's, it was our job to kind of set that up and to run that. And, um, you know, we, we killed it. I, I you know, I, I know we did. Um, but that was another uh, very um, specific cocktail conference that taught me one of those things where like I, I'm the kind of person where like 
you know, a little OCD, but like, it's gotta be here. I want to see this. I need, I need to know what's happening. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to be ready. And then to be put in that situation where like, Oh, you want me to come up with this and I'm in a different city and I don't want to let you down. Um, and then like, okay, everything that I'd like, I need this, I need this, I need this when I'm in my hometown and I'm in a job and this is what I need for me in order for me to do my job. I have to put that aside and now I have to just come up with, with the create the content or, or the structure, um, for this event that is yours that you're now offering me. Uh, so that was something that, uh, again, if, you know, if you're that kind of person who I, I, I love structure, I need, you know, um, but it, it taught me how to be able to just like, you know what, go in blind and just do what, do what comes natural to me, which is serve, you know, run and, and, and yeah, create the structure and just get it done. And, you know, with the smile on your face and greet everyone and, you know, and then at the end, yes. So then at the end, when you're done with all that and all the stress and anxiety, you know, we may have chilled out with a couple of bottles of, you know, some rosé or some wine or some cocktails. <laughs> so there are, there is a lot of drinking involved. Well, I don't say a lot of drinking, but we do a lot of imbibing because again, we're in a different city. So we want to go see where other bartenders who are in those cities where they hang out when they get off work, when, you know, you just want to sit at a bar, have a beer and a shot and, um, so that, that welcoming kind of sense of like, well, we're going to go here. We're going to show here. So, you know, you can't take it to the next level and drink a little much and it can be a little drink fest, but at the same time, you got to be back at work in the morning. So it's like, just like if you're at home, you have to know that this isn't a vacation. I'm here for, you know, I'm volunteering, but this is ultimately a job. Um, and I got to make these people look good in order, you know, for me to be able to come back or when I, if I do come back as a guest or an attendee, um, to hold my head up high and know that I was here once before and I did that damn thing. Well, I think it's, it's more than just the, um, like a job or even a vacation is, is, is an educational, yeah. uh, trip, you know, and, yeah. uh, uh, you may not pay it out of pocket, but you're not at work making money, yeah. <laughs> you know, for one, um, you, when you go out, you, you spend a yeah. little bit of money yeah. if, if not, you know, because you spend a lot of money. You <laughs> spend a lot of money, um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the, you know, that's been kind of one. I did a lot, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of heavy drinking during a lot of these conferences is the reason why I feel about it a certain way. Which is like, I get it, I, I understand it. You know, if it's your first rodeo, yeah. then uh, you know you're gonna do as 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 uh, newbies do, right? Dude. And and whenever you're confronted in these uh, conferences with so much premium liquor and they want you to experience it the way that the 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 presenters you know the people that are out there they're like i I just want you to taste it you know and have a good time but you know they don't necessarily know that you did 15 other ones before (laughs) and and so pre-game before you got or yeah pre-game and somebody somehow you ended up with a a bottle at the uh at the hotel room and uh everybody came over you did a couple of shots and then you, you headed out but the thing is is you know definitely enjoy it but it there is this thing to where at some point you need to cut yourself exactly. off and and i and i mean that in in the sense of not just in the night which yes is very important because you can hurt yourself with it but also in the course of the year or yeah. you know the summer or whatever it's like you need to throttle that shit so that way it doesn't become a um a health issue yeah no so with that also my first year at camp you know 2015 um yeah, it was the first cocktail kind of conference event. Anything that I've left my home to go visit and to attend a cocktail, 
Um, so walking into our cabin and seeing all the swag, the 40 Creek swag, of course, that's overwhelming because it's like, oh, my God. And then seeing, you know, two cases of the product in the corner and automatically we're going to open it up and we have to immerse ourselves in the product. We have to taste it. <laughs> I want to know what tasting notes are in this copper pot 40 Creek. What is this? Um, so, you know, so you start that that and then nobody, of course, well, they tell you, they warn you, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But if you're someone like me who, again, my experience with drinking and working was, you know, when I worked, I didn't drink. But when I didn't work, you know, I drank, you know, because yeah. it, it was just, you know, what we did. And again, being in corporate, there was happy hours after being in the industry on the weekend and working tables. There's always that after you get off work, you're going to go either drink somewhere or go to somebody's house and hang out till five, six in the morning. Um, and it, again, it's just, it, it was a culture that was there. It was what I knew. I didn't know any different. Um, so when we go, when I went to camp and then there's just, just all this liquor and it's like, it's open bar. Like, you know, I'd never been to an open bar, like, you know, <laughs> kind of situation thing. Like my family don't get married like that. What's wrong with you? We bring a bottle of Presidente and that's it. When you're done, you're done. Go sleep in the car if you're good till you're good. But, um, so this, it was just this, you know, the first night just all out party crazy you know and then you wake up and then me waking up the being woken up the first day so in in this camp they have pa system first morning i think i woke up to uh thunderstruck like full <laughs> blast and i'm sleeping and i'm just i wake up and i'm a hard sleeper but i am just like terrified in the corner of my bed like what is going on where am i because i just drank to like two in the morning um, flew in and started flew drinking, and started drinking partied all night. It was a welcome. Met all the <laughs> friends. It was great. We're down by the by the lake. I don't remember how I got home. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what city. And I just just thunderstruck is on. I'm just like, what is this song? What's happening? And then uh, seeing everybody like, calm down. You're at camp, and um, you know. So then that was like, okay, this is this is real. Like we have four more days of this. I need to calm down. Um, but what I've learned going through that, through Pop Fest, through Thirst Boston, uh, Bar Institute, uh, I went to the Bar Institute New York, uh, Portland Cocktail Week. What I learned, and one of the things that I, and this is another reason why I got involved with USBG is because I, my profession, my background was HR training and development. So by nature, I like to train and like show people and take in information and then like, oh, here, break it down and give it to you. Well, what I learned with those seminars is you don't have to drink every drink like, there, you know, every component has a food component, a drink component. There's water, there's education and then there's downtime. Um, every time you go somewhere, you don't have to taste the drink, see it, take a picture of it. Use your hashtags because, again, that's ultimately what they're inviting you here is for the visit. These brands have visibility and and these bartenders creating these cocktails for these brands to have that added visibility. So do your part as a profession and, and you know, offer that like share it with your friends um you know take pictures or, or a summary and do uh, an album um at the same time if there's food eat the food like the food is there For sure. one of my tricks too because there's a, sure the, food is really good. the food's good sometimes it's sandwiches sometimes it's pizza i mean it, it's all good food there's cheese plates but at the very end, a lot of times there's a lot of food left over. So what I do when I go to conferences, I'll take a Ziploc bag, 
because I'll put a couple slices of pizza in there, um, a sandwich, cheese, the nuts. I'm, I'm serious because at midnight, one o'clock or three in the morning, when you get back to your hotel, I need something to eat before I go to bed. Oh, fuck. You're that guy. So I am that guy. So I have snacks or in the morning when you're at a seminar and you're just like, I can't. And I'm like, do you want some cheese? Do you want a slice of pizza? <laughs> I am that guy. I, I'm my mom. I like to feed people. And uh, yeah, that, oh, that's, that would be, my, again, take bags because the food is either going to go in the trash or, you know, one of the cater, one of the, the cater servers is going to take it home, but they've taken it home a couple of times. So Take those bags to that. And if there's water, you drink it, you take it, and you take one for somebody else. Because drinking water at these events is, is imperative to you, um, staying hydrated, being healthy, and, you know, just feeling better the next morning. So, yeah, you don't have to drink every drink. You, it, they will not be offended if you don't finish their drink. Taste it, sip it, take a picture, and then say thank you. Um, and then, like I said, take plastic bags and then drink all the water. That is without a doubt the best advice that I have uh, heard about uh, camp and 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 uh, these seminars because uh, you're right. I mean, in the the you're you're in a different city. You don't know where to go to yeah. eat at midnight or two in the morning. And my taco trucks aren't there. So. <laughs> they don't have taco trucks like we do here, um, and they don't have mice. That's not a plug, but you know, hey, mice, if you want to sponsor. <laughs> but um, uh, 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 I was gonna say to the. So a lot of the brand reps that are there, um, they oftentimes really appreciate you just talking to them about the product. Um, like you said, you can taste it and you don't have to drink it on there. Normally, they're not going to be offended at all because they understand it is a marathon. And what I have found is that whenever I just kind of start picking their brain and picking their brain, it's like they're like, OK, yeah, cool. Like this person is going to go back with uh, a, a better understanding of the product. And whenever people start asking questions about, you know, what's your best whiskey? Out of the 50 that you have is like, well, you know, I like this one. I like this one. And this one is interesting because, and it comes from that, that, that conversation. In, yeah. I yeah. was just in such a sense. I spoke with exactly. the brand rep. And yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I feel that they, that's the investment they're doing in us. Obviously these are marketing dollars for them. Like you said, they could hire someone else to, to have these experiences. That's, yeah. that's easy to do. Um, they're investing it in the bartenders and what the bartenders, what we have to do uh, in the industry is to, uh, focus on the education because that's what we take with us. That's the thing that 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 we keep, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, you know, eventually you're not going to stay in, in in Kentucky, staying at the distillery or yeah. Camp Runamuck forever, right? Yeah. It's uh, you only get a few Come days stay. there, so the only thing you bring it back is what's in your head, okay. and uh, you have to make sure that you 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 bring that back, you use it at work, you uh, you pass it forward. Um, those are the things that are gonna allow you to have uh, either wiggle room or much bigger opportunities uh, outside of the one position of, of bartending. Correct. And and even if you, all, all you ever wanted to do was just to stay as a bartender, be a bar owner that bar, runs, bartends at your own bar, it's still a much better experience for the customer whenever they are saying like, you know, and I've had this every once in a while. People are like, you know, I always drink Crown and I see that you have all these whiskeys, what can you give me that is similar that I, I might like? And whenever there's a blank face, you know, and the bartenders look or it says, oh, well, there's Jack Daniels. It's sort of like, well, you know, yeah. my cousin has been drinking Jack Daniels as long as I've been drinking Crown. And so I, it's not for me. Yeah. I'll just have the Crown. Yeah. 
and nothing against crown but it's also it's more about what the experience they're asking for the experience <clears throat> that particular moment again crown if you want to sponsor <laughs> hey but um what, what i'm getting at is that people do in, in today's uh market people do want someone that can craft an experience for them and the only way that you can do that is through knowledge and that sort of experience that you talk about in bringing it back and using it, you know, on every shift, just by having that that quick exchange, I think that's the thing that really truly makes a difference. Well, and, and it does. Um, so I've worked, like I said, I've worked several different places, but where I really feel home and where I like to work are like neighborhood bars, um, you know, smaller bars that, you know, are not high volume. Because, again, being the training developer that is in my background, my HR background, um, I like to have time with the guests to kind of talk about these experience. Because working in, in these types of neighborhood bars, you get in the, which I call like the groundhog day kind of, so it's like the regular, same conversation, same thing, same, you know, and that, that can burn you out. So by being able to go and visit these different cities, these uh, different events, conferences, I'm able to bring back new experiences to share with the regulars and guests that come in to see me and that's something they look forward to um to come to come in and hear about oh how was your trip over here what did you taste you know and so then it does it breaks up that monotonous like oh how was your day how was the weather this is the sports so it gives us something else to talk about but it also gives them something to look forward to coming in to see me again when i get back from these trips to talk about again the experiences the distillery what products i tasted to show them pictures um, you know, what swag I got. And you, a lot of times, the, another good thing about this is going to these events, you're going to get a lot of swag. Um, bringing that swag back, because again, how many bar spoons do I have at home? I probably have like 14. Um, <laughs> do I need 14? No, but I've given out like 44 bar spoons, you know what I mean, to my my um, my regulars that come in. And, you know, so they like the Yari and how I make it old-fashioned. Well, guess what? When I came back from Boston, I had an extra Yari and this bar spoon bought a bitters for a regular that comes in and that was a gift for him to make his own old fashioned at home. And those free things that you get in other cities at these events, you know, you might not need them and they might sit there, collect dust in your, but your guests don't really have access to those or are not going to buy those things for themselves. So those are good ways to kind of like create um, a full follower, lifelong followers, giving them these bar tools that you get for free that they can take home and make their own cocktails or use in their own bar setup. Um, so that's another way that, again, has benefited me by attending these events um, was, again, breaking up, you know, the Groundhog Day kind of feel that a lot of us bartenders may have in these smaller bars, but then bringing back the education, the experiences for the for your regulars and then all the swag that they don't have access to um, all these different programs. One of the ways I was it's just like, volunteer, you know, showing up to the USBG, because, again, having this wealth of knowledge, I again, I'm just that type of vessel where like, I need to get it out and share it and like, let see, see yeah, it's learn, you know, get it out. But I want to see someone else get it. And, you know, like sharing this experience that I, or knowledge that I have. And then I'm like, okay, good. I, I feel like I've done, done my part with that experience. Um, but, uh, so with the USBG, um, just wanting that for my city and, you know, cause again, I'm in other cities. I'm like, why don't we have those things here? Why don't, um, so I just wanted to kind of, I long for that sense of camaraderie in other cities and in these events that the natural progression for me to kind of experience that and to grow that and to build that here in my city was the U.S. Bartenders Guild. 
Um, and like I said, just attending that. And then had I not attended those, you know, yeah, I would probably show up to meetings and, you know, get trashed. And, you know, um, again, it's the culture that we were used to, but the, there's another side of it that I didn't know yet. So I wanted to share like, yeah, we don't have to get that shitty. Um, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's not a requirement to have to do that. Like we can go out have dinner and vibe. We don't have to drink everything, hang out. And then it's like, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. I can be an adult. And it's, it was just a relieving sense for me to be able to like do that in my hometown. Because again, it's, as a bartender, growing up young, living, you know, it's just, you live this fast, you know, burning at both ends lifestyle. And, um, what I've learned is like, yeah, I don't have to, you know, I, yeah. No, and what, uh, needs to, to sort of happen is for those of us that are already sort of on the other side to, to help, uh, the younger, um, bartenders to sort of like get past, get through that. Yeah. Uh, without any judgment yeah. because I think people also sometimes uh, stay away from situations because they feel judged it's like ah I fucked up and I say something wrong or I did something wrong or you know I got too shitty yeah. um, and then they, they feel judged and then you have the other ones with that do it every single time and it's like okay you you really need to grow up yeah. away from this yeah. because you're just fucking everybody else's uh, day up and uh, so th there needs to be a certain level of maturity to balance that out because um, I think that is a space that people need. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a balance of both, but it's also, um, again, just us knowing that there's that whole. It's like back of house, like you know, the executive chef, the one who you know trained me or the one I worked for. It's just that like chef is right. He's gonna cuss. He's gonna throw things, and it's just that culture where I gotta take it because I want this. You know what I mean? And it's like that whole hazing culture in the bar industry. It's like, oh, we're going to get you real shitty when you come hang out with this. And, you know, just because it was there doesn't mean it needs to be there. And like I said, it's just it just takes one or two people to kind of say no and change it. And like, you know, and it, it that's all it does. And that's ultimately why I wanted to come back and kind of like immerse myself with our local USBG, um, hang out, support local bartenders, our competitions, um, you know, make a name, you know, not make a name for it. Cause we, we, we have a name for ourselves, but just make us a more recognizable and, um, of a city for people to be like, Oh yeah, let's, you know, Tomas is there. Or like, you know, David Dacry's there. Yeah. Let's, let's go there. Like, you know, whenever they think of the city, they think not just of like Ashworth or not, you know what I mean? They think, or, you know, not like Anvil, but just other people in the city. So that way it's just not, one thing that they're coming here for it's for everybody because oh you know what everybody that that i've met from houston they're all pretty cool like that's ultimately what i wanted um and and i think i think we pretty much achieved it it's you know still growing but yeah no totally i think that whenever um a city or anything has like the one reason to go uh, for it um then you don't need to go back yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know but whenever you have multiple reasons to go and do it to to a city then there is like you go enjoy this and it's like well i got to be yeah. back because i didn't get to do these other exactly. things um no i think that the uh the the guild uh has done a great service to to the industry i think you guys have done an awesome job yeah. um i feel like um in competitions uh houston definitely has flexed <laughs> at the national <laughs> level yeah. and uh i think that we need to continue to do that because that's how you you actually uh that's how the depth of the talent is shown is like not just doing it for uh, uh, a few times is actually consistently doing it 
and you're constantly seeing new faces, and that is exactly what is happening yeah. uh, with with some of these uh, competitions. Well, and shout out to shout out to uh, Sarah Troxel, who's um, going up to Chicago, and most of the entire I think our, our entire uh, council member we're all going up there i'm volunteering so again so speed rack was the reason for me these past three years going through it so i support them wholeheartedly uh lynette and i be like i hold them to the utmost respect and dear to my heart because they are why i'm still in this industry and and, and left the corporate world um and love what i do um so Sarah talks with congrats to her and also to Patrick Oblos, who's going to go to world class coming up. He's one of 25. So exactly yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I mean, there's several other people, but them two are coming up soon. So I definitely want to give them a shout out and wish them luck and um, give them, you know, the, the vision and, and people to put their eyes on them because they're two superstars who are going to crush it next. You know, they're, they're, they're really great at what they do here in Houston, but I say the next five years, they're going to, just be on a national level, you know, more national level uh, as far as things that they do. So watch out for them. I agree with you completely because I think that they have, uh, they're very focused in what they're, in what they're doing. Um, and they're, these experiences that they're gaining as they come back is just going to be more about give them the space yeah. to do what they do, right? Yeah. What they've learned to, to be able to teach others to do it. And I, and I think that's where the real uh, flexing uh, from Houston is, is going to come is from all that um, uh, new blood that is teaching yeah. the, the next generation. And so, and, and that's why I say like for those of us that are more mature, been doing this longer, is more about creating a space for all of these things to, to occur. Anything else you got coming up? Um, myself, oh, what do I have coming up? Well, no, I'm just here hanging out. I'm going to Tiki by the Sea, which I finally was accepted in, uh, which is another program out in New Jersey. Uh, and it's, um, I think, 25 bartenders, so it's smaller bartenders, but it's it's uh, created around all things Tiki. But, uh, but it's, it's uh, like 1960s hotel off uh, the coast of New Jersey. We're going to be there, hang out, um, pool time, beach time. Uh, but I'm excited because I, who doesn't love a tiki drink as far as presentation, the taste. Um, but uh, that's what I have coming up. Um, and then in Houston, I'll be, um, for Pride, I'll be assisting Mr. Christopher Barry opening up Buddy's uh, Bar in Montrose. So I'll be back in the neighborhood, guys. Up in June. <laughs> that's it. That's about it for now. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. I really appreciate you coming by. Um, and I look forward to, uh, to talking to you about Tiki uh, after that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Tiki is, is one of my weak sides. Um, and so I'm going to pick your brain. I, I'm down. Like I said, it's a muscle I don't really use, but, you know, I, it's a muscle I don't really use, but I, you know, I'm going to go work it out and come back and flex in Houston. So we'll see. Thank you. I appreciate you coming by, man. Thank you, Mr. Dacry. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep the conversation going.